With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 3 of The Monastery by Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3 they lighted down on Tweed water, and blew their coats say het, and fired the march and Teviotdale all in an evening late. Old Maitland. The report soon spread through the patrimony of St. Mary's and its vicinity that the mistress of Glendearg had received assurance from the English captain, and that her cattle were not to be driven off, or her corn burned. Among others who heard this report, it reached the ears of a lady who, once much higher in rank than Elspeth Glendinning, was now by the same calamity reduced to even greater misfortune. She was the widow of a brave soldier, Walter Avenel, descended of a very ancient border family who once possessed immense estates in Eskdale. These had long since passed from them into other hands, but they still enjoyed an ancient barony of considerable extent, not very far from the patrimony of St. Mary's and lying upon the same side of the river with the narrow vale of Glendearg, at the head of which was the little tower of the Glendinnings. Here they had lived, bearing a respectable rank amongst the gentry of their province, though neither wealthy nor powerful. This general regard has been much augmented by the skill, courage, and enterprise which had been displayed by Walter Avenel, the last baron. When Scotland began to recover from the dreadful shock she had sustained after the Battle of Pinky Clooch, Avenel was one of the first who, assembling a small force, set an example in those bloody and unsparing skirmishes, which showed that a nation, though conquered and overrun by invaders, may yet wage against them such a war of detail as shall in the end become fatal to the foreigners. In one of these, however, Walter Avenel fell and the news which came to the house of his fathers was followed by the distracting intelligence that a party of Englishmen were coming to plunder the mansion and lands of his widow, in order, by this act of terror, to prevent others from following the example of the deceased. The unfortunate lady had no better refuge than the miserable cottage of a shepherd among the hills to which she was hastily removed, scarce conscious where or for what purpose her terrified attendants were removing her and her infant daughter from her own house. Here she was tended with all the duteous service of ancient times by the shepherd's wife, Tib Tackett, who in better days had been her own bower-woman. For a time the lady was unconscious of her misery. But when the first stunning effect of grief was so far passed away that she could form an estimate of her own situation, 
The widow of Avenel had cause to envy the lot of her husband in his dark and silent abode. The domestics who had guided her to her place of refuge were presently obliged to disperse for their own safety, or to seek for necessary subsistence, and the shepherd and his wife, whose poor cottage she shared, were soon after deprived of the means of affording their late mistress even that coarse sustenance which they had gladly shared with her. Some of the English foreigners had discovered and driven off the few sheep which had escaped the first researches of their avarice. Two cows shared the fate of the remnant of their stock. They had afforded the family almost their sole support, and now famine appeared to stare them in the face. "'We are broken and beggared now, out and out,' said old Martin the shepherd, and he wrung his hands in the bitterness of agony. "'The thieves, the harrying thieves, I not a clute left of the hail herself.' and to see poor Grizzle and Grumby, said his wife, turning back their necks to the byre, and routing while the stony-hearted villains were bragging them on with their lances. There were but four of them, said Martin, and I have seen the day forty would not have ventured this length, but our strength and manhood is gained with our poor master. For the sake of the holy rood, wished man, said the good wife, our leddy is half gain already, as ye may see by the flattering of the elid, a word mare, and she's dead outright. I could almost wish, said Martin, we were again, for what to do passes my poor wit. I care little for myself, or you, Tib, we can make a fend, work or want, we can do baith, but she can do neither. They canvassed their situation thus openly before the lady, convinced by the paleness of her look, her quivering lip, and dead-set eye, that she neither heard nor understood what they were saying. "'There is a way,' said the shepherd, "'but I kenna if she could bring her heart to it. "'There's Simon Glendinning's widow of the glen yonder, "'has had assurance from the southern loons "'and nay soldier to steer them for one cause or other. "'Now if the leddy could bow her mind "'to take quarters with Elspeth Glendinning "'till better days cast up, "'nay doubt it would be doing an honour to the like of her, "'but—' "'In honour,' answered Tib. Ay, by my word, sick an honour as would be pride to her kin money a lang year after her banes were in the mould. Oh, good man, to hear ye even the lady of Avenel to seeking quarters with a Kirk vassal's widow. Loth I should be to wish her to it, said Martin. But what may we do? To stay here is mere starvation. And where to go? I'm sure I can name mare than ony tup I ever heard it. "'Speak no more of it,' said the widow of Avenel, suddenly joining in the conversation. "'I will go to the tower. Dame Elspeth is of good folk, a widow, and the mother of orphans. She will give us house-room until something be thought upon. These evil showers make the low bush better than no beeld.' "'See there, see there,' said Martin. "'You see the leddy has twice our sense.' "'And natural it is,' said Tib, "'seeing that she is convent-bred, and can lay silk-broidery, for by white seam and shell work. Do you think, said the lady to Martin, still clasping her child to her bosom, and making it clear from what motives she desired the refuge, that Dame Glendinning will make us welcome? Blithely welcome, blithely welcome, my lady, answered Martin, cheerily, and we shall deserve a welcome at her hand. Men are scarce now, my lady, with these wars, and give me a thought of time to it, I can do as good a day's darg as ever I did in my life and Tib can sort cows with ony living woman. "'And muckle mare could I do,' said Tib, "'were it ony feasible house. 
but there will be neither perlins to mend nor pinners to busk up in elspeth glendinning's whisht with your pride woman said the shepherd enough you can do baith outside and inside and ye set your mind to it and hard it is if we twa canna work for three folks meet for by my dainty wee leddy there come awa come awa nay use in staying here langer we have five scots miles over moss and moor and that is nay easy walk for a lady born and bred household stuff there was little or none to remove or care for an old pony which had escaped the plunderers owing partly to its pitiful appearance partly from the reluctance which it showed to be caught by strangers was employed to carry the few blankets and other trifles which they possessed when shagram came to his master's well-known whistle he was surprised to find the poor thing had been wounded though slightly by an arrow which one of the fourriers had shot off in anger after he had long chased it in vain ay shagram said the old man as he applied something to the wound must you rue the langbow as weel as all of us what corner in scotland rues it not said the lady of avenel ay ay madam said martin god keep the kindly scot from the cloth-yard shaft and he will keep himself from the handy stroke but let us go our way the trash that is left i can come back for there is nay ain to stir it but the good neighbours and they for the love of god good man said his wife in a remonstrating tone hold your peace think what you're saying and we ha say muckle wild land to go over before we win to the girth gate the husband nodded acquiescence for it was deemed highly imprudent to speak of the fairies either by their title of good neighbours or by any other especially when about to pass the places which they were supposed to haunt footnote this superstition continues to prevail though one would suppose it must now be antiquated it is only a year or two since an itinerant puppet-show man who disdaining to acknowledge the profession of guinness de 